Hello and welcome to the Human Design Podcast. My name is Leandra. I'm a human design practitioner, hypnosis, Reiki and sound healer. I am a 6-3 generator with the left angle cross of cycles as my incarnation cross. That means that I bring change and transformation to myself and others. So if you're ready to step up with the knowledge of human design and start into a new beautiful cycle, stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to the Human Design Podcast. I'm super excited to share an interview with you today, which I had with Denise Matthew. You maybe already know her from a past episode that I released a few weeks ago. So if you have not listened to that, I highly recommend you to tune back into that one. And today we're speaking about a different topic. It's going to be all about the identity or also called G-Center. Denise Matthew has a YouTube channel and she is all into human design, astrology, and she has beautiful card decks, which she sells on her website as well, wrote a lot of books about the topic of human design and other topics. So if you want to check out her work, I'm going to link her up in the show notes for you. She is a manifesting generator, has a 6-2 profile and four defined centers in her chart. But let's get started and let her speak for herself all about the identity center. Well, today, since we're going to be talking about the um, the G center or the self center or um, many, many different words, the self center, the G center or the identity center, I have an open identity. And um, so that is sort of an interesting perspective because it does come with a brand new set of rules. The thing about the open identity that is is kind of impactful for anybody is, you know, if you look at your body graph and you see like a white center, it's like a white diamond in the middle of your body graph. And if you see that, then that comes with a, a different set of rules in that there's this feeling of being comfortable where you are. Ultimately, that comfort that you feel with where you are really is impactful for your life and it's impactful for the opportunities that come to you because the the theory is that with an open identity center, being with the right people, being in the right place are very impactful and very important. This is a a lot of people will talk about the open identity and they will say that um, they're always moving their furniture around. They never feel like it's it's just where it should be. They're always reorganizing things. So maybe you can't move, but you want to reorganize something. So it feels like there's more of a flow. Uh, Might even be somebody who's interested in feng shui or something like that. That sort of art of arranging furniture is the um, Asian way of uh, arranging furniture. Um, But ultimately it is this, most people will feel that that idea of wanting to feel good where they are and feeling certain places just immediately don't feel as good as other places. And so that is like an impactful thing as opposed to like a defined identity center like you, you have, then we have a completely different dynamic. Mm, Yeah. And this center, I feel like it's so important and so interesting as well as we have all the love gates and all the gates for direction in the center. And as you already said, I have the center defined. And 
the first time I heard about human design and I read that people with an open identity center have various identities and often ask themselves, who am I? I cannot fully maybe grasp myself or it really depends who I'm around with and in which state of my life I am, where I live, what my job is, et cetera. And I, I was wondering, I was like, really? People ask themselves that? Like, who am I? They cannot understand who they are and their identity is constantly changing. This felt really abstract for me because obviously we just know our position right and for me um it was always very clear who I am and how I express myself especially since I have the connection to the throat from my identity center so I'm speaking right from my identity so that obviously feels very natural and normal to me um but then the more I spoke with people with an open identity center that that was actually one of their biggest questions that they constantly had to themselves in their life ask them themselves, okay, what's my direction in life? Or um, yeah, what's what's my trajectory? Or who am I actually? I cannot fully understand that myself. And that caused so much crisis for so many people, which really brought them in um, kind of like questioning themselves and, and thinking something is wrong with them. So I wonder, first of all, how did you personally experience this open identity center? Was that also a topic for you? Um, I mean, I think I think that what happens is if we look at society as a whole, there's an expectation that, uh, you know, you go to school or whatever, you know, elementary school, whatever you go to university, you will pick a job and you will go and you will continue on with that job. And that is sort of an expectation that that maybe is a little bit looser as we move through and, and, and you know, time time moves closer to, you know, people being a little bit more fluid with what they want to do. They have the, the the side hustle job where they as well as their main job. And, and so there's more exploratory energy. But if we look at the the overall arching theme, it's always been this idea of pick something, stick with it and move forward. And that really does speak to the open identity in that maybe you don't want to do one thing. I mean, I think the one of one of the most impactful things to say to somebody with an open identity is that you have to have this one thing and you'll have to do it for the rest of your life. I think that's very impactful and it, it it's upsetting. And you're like, well, I don't know if I want to do that for the rest of my life. I like it now, but will I like it tomorrow? Will I like it, you know, next week? And so that fluidity of being able to choose and to pick what you want to do. And what that means is that it's okay to have more than one thing and to spread your wings and to, and to, you know, pick that, that job or to pick that interest instead of feeling you're lost. Because I think a lot of the lost feeling comes from this idea that you feel like you need to pick one thing and you need to do that one thing because that's expectation. So that lost feeling comes from, I, I don't know if I can pick one thing that I love and always do that for the rest of my life. Whereas it may be easier when you have a, a fixed identity and that you think, okay, well, I can, I can do this and I can do other branches of this. Yeah. You can always do other things. And, but I don't feel, think, I wonder if there's that feeling of feeling overwhelmed by this idea that you're locked into the same pattern for the rest of your life. And you don't feel like you can move out of it. Whereas that is like, it's almost like capturing a bird in a, in a cage when you feel like you can't actually um, expand your wings and to go into all the different places. And I think that that is where this lack of identity, lack of uh, clarity about who you are comes in because you feel like you're supposed to be able to say, this is who I am. This is what I do. And this is, you know, and, and a lot of us are defined by what we do. I mean, that unfortunately that is the way we are. It's like you meet somebody a lot of times and you'll say, well, what do you do for a living? You know, that is part of the, the mantra that we, we speak back and forth. 
So that is, I feel like the fluidity that we have with an open identity is, is trying to be conformed to the, the, the reality of the world that we live in. And that is, so as soon as we start to step back and say, you know what, that's okay to have more than one thing that we like to do, to be expressive in the way we like to do it. And to also know that if we want to change, we can, we are not locked into anything. I have two children with open identities. And one of the most scary things for them was to make this decision to go into a program and, and that feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be tra trapped in here forever and I'm not going to be able to move anything. This is going to be exactly who I am for the rest of my life. And I don't like that. Whereas we just step back and go, you can try this. And if you don't like it, an open identity learns how, how they like things by trying things. And if it feels good, they stick with it. And if it doesn't, it, they don't. And yes, the open identity will always be imprinted as well. I mean, the imprints come in from the things that we like to do, the, the things that we pick up and we say, yeah, this is part of who I am. This feels good for me. It's like something clicks inside of of, of them and they know that it's correct for them. There's no specific way that you know, only that it feels like it's the right thing for you. And that's that's kind of how you have to step into it. So if you let go of the expectations of society, let go of the preconceived notions of what we are supposed to be and allow ourselves to be more fluid in what we like and to explore, as long as it doesn't get to the point where you're just in a lot of different places, which can be the other perspective is where you're just exploring so much that you just can't find anything to focus on. Like have, you know, three or four things that you love to do, you know, maybe not 20 things because 20 things is just so much because you can't really put enough energy into anything to really know what you're doing with it. But there is, but at the end of the day, there are no rules. And as you go through, you will learn as you go, this feels good. This this doesn't feel good. And that's sort of the path of the open identity where you can be anyone you want to be. You can take on these identities for a little while. You can feel if it feels good for you and you let it go or you, you hold on to bits of it as, as you move through life. So that, that would be my perspective on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that from quite a few people as well. And I see that as the biggest gift actually from the Open Identity Center, that you can just pick the things that resonate with you and integrate them in your life and say, yes, that's a part of an identity that I really like that I want to have as my part of identity. And you therefore can pick these different aspects and choose your own identity in the way that you like. And if at one moment, it does not resonate with you anymore, you just let it go and integrate some Something else that you like but as we know when we have an openness somewhere we can really feel the energies from people who have the center defined so mm -hmm. for people who have this open like yourself it would mean that you can read other people's identities and other people's way of direction or love probably very intensely so that is something so beautiful I think when you have this ability to really read people's deepest truest identity within a matter of seconds um so you can really scan or, or see people very clearly yeah it's an immediate yes or no when you meet somebody yes this person is for me or no this is not someone for me it, it, and it can be almost to the point where you know you feel like a creepiness of, that you just feel uncomfortable about somebody or you feel really engaged with somebody like wow this person seems really like my kind of people mm. and so this this bypasses all the the um the aesthetics of of how people are dressed or what they look like or anything like that you can see beyond all that so somebody could come in dressed in a beautiful suit and you would feel that oh I, it doesn't feel right for me 
right? But if you're looking at somebody from a perspective of, um, you know, how they look, the appearance might be very nice and they, they may look like just an amazing individual and that, you know, why, why do you have an issue or why do you not feel comfortable with them? But that is what that you get that internal hit. Um, it is really connected to being able to um, read people immediately and know if they're for you or know if they're not for you, because what happens is you get that immediate hit. And sometimes like if you don't have your human designer, you don't have this sort of feeling that, yeah, that's okay to not be okay with this connection, to not really want to have this connection. That's, you know, honor that, honor that feeling as opposed to ignoring it. Because as soon as you ignore it, a lot of times that it, it, it's been my experience is that usually the what I believed in the first place will show up, you know, as as time goes on and that it will show up in that you were correct in the first place. And yet you want it to bypass it and just kind of brush over it and pretend that it wasn't a real thing. So it, it is about honoring and and aligning with how you feel and, and being OK with that. And as soon as you you know, sort of you are open or you are defined, you can be uh, more aware of that and be okay with how you feel in the moment. And and like I said, align with and honor your feelings, no matter what they are, because, you know, our body are, is trying to give us indications of, of the correct path for us all the time. And if, if it, if we are not listening, then we're not really aligning with, you know, the whole body mind connection. Right. Mm. And you already mentioned the gate two, which is the intuition or the inner knowing where the magnetic monopole also resides. And we're already mentioned yeah. real quick that all the gates of love and direction lay in the identity center. Maybe um, you want to just guide us real quickly over all the different gates in the identity center and just have a, sure. a like a quick insight on what they actually mean. Do you want to talk about the one? Because you have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one is the creative. So um, it's connected with the eight. So that's the channel of the creative role model. And the one is really about saying I am. And therefore, it was probably weird for me to say, to see that some other people don't have that understanding of I am. And actually, even before knowing human, knowing human design, I journaled every single day. And I just write these I am phases um, out for me. And that for me always manifested so quickly. So it's very interesting how this shows up as it's connected with the throat. And it's really this need to express yourself in a very certain way that just comes out of you and, and you don't even know why. And in, for myself, at least in a very creative manner. So I've always been creative, active, but creativity can really mean anything. It can also mean gardening maybe or doing yoga or whatever you want to create in the world so for me it has been quite artistic actually always or also in terms of podcasts or whatever but also it's very vulnerable so um, I did feel for the longest time that when people would maybe criticize me it was so hard to take And I would try to avoid always conflict and confrontation also because my open emotional center, but also because of this, because I was so scared that people would criticize me because it feels very, very painful when people criticize your identity, right? Like what's coming right out of yourself. Um, and mm -hmm. it's a very masculine energy. So it really wants to, um, yeah, wants to build something, wants to go out there, wants to do something. Um, and 
um, when I read that it's this, uh, the, especially the one eight, the whole channel is kind of this personality that just says, you know, like, I don't really care who's coming with me, but I just know this is the path and I want to do it. And I'm, I know for me, it's right. So yeah. I'm just going to go it, go this path mm-hmm. and who wants to follow. Okay, cool. And if you don't want to follow me, if you, you don't like it also cool. It resonated so much with me because this is really how I see myself. Like I just have this inner knowing of this direction is right for me and I need to go that path or I need to express it and cool if people follow and also cool if you don't want to follow me, it's totally okay. So that's how personally I experience it. And um, I'm sure other people experience it in, in different examples or different ways. But yeah, that's that's uh, my personal experience on, on the one or the one eight specifically as I have the whole channel. Is there anything that you want to add that you have learned about or experienced through other people? No, I think that you have it perfectly. I mean, I think the only thing that you could say, like we have the 1222 is another creative channel, but that's more individual. And then we have the one eight, which is very much about still being of an individual, but having more people follow your individuality as opposed to the 1222. It's like, um, you still don't care if people follow you, (laughs) but you're more likely to have that sort of following of people watching you and sort of uh, wanting to align with what you're doing when you have the one eight, which I think is kind of a cool idea too, because it is a throw gate. Yes, it has to be recognized, of course, uh, but definitely it, uh, it, it is a really cool energy um with a lot of mover and shaker kind of energy when when it gets uh moving along so it's a great it's a great energy and it, and as you said it's very masculine it's the yangus um the yangus uh, gate in the whole body graph so it's it's there's a lot of and then you have the yinus gate in the whole body graph which is the gate too which is you know the the they are polarities and um and we talked about the gate two and direction and um and how it can be about sort of moving forward in life but it is the gas pedal and the gate 14 is is the uh, energy that we need to move forward this can be an energy of knowing where you uh weren't want to go and and sort of mutative, mutative energy. This can be about seeing talent in other people um, and really a very powerful energy that can shift the world, especially when we're talking about the magnetic monopole that it is connected to because the gate 14 is powering that magnetic monopole and putting us in the direction of right now with the transits of Uranus going in, you know, going through the gate too, we're all being influenced by you know, are we going in the right direction for our lives? Do we want to shift something up? Do we want to move in a different way than we are now? And that's sort of the energy that we're feeling. And we have Uranus in there and that's bringing us into unusual directions that maybe we not would not have thought of. And as a, as a general whole, we could see that a lot more um, unusual directions are being plot or or kind of carved out by uh, humanity at this particular time because of Uranus's uh, influence within this within that energy. So it, it that's a very interesting gate as well. Uh, do you have anything to add on the gate too? I feel like a lot of people feel it at the moment. I hear from so many people really asking myself, is this the job I want to do or about to quit their job or um, changing their location of, of living? It's, it's really, I feel this impact um, on all of us right now. So um, we talked about this on the upper, other episode that I will release a bit later, um, that it will stay for a while as well, right? Like I feel, um, I, I think it will stay quite yeah, a Yeah, yeah, well into 
next year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very impactful. Um, But as you have the 13, would you like to introduce the 13 maybe to us? The hanging gate 13. Yeah, the 13. Yeah, the 13 is is my main gate. Um, So you could say my whole identity gets poured through this 13th gate. you know, and it is it is experiential energy or abstract collective energy, and this is really talking about the experiences of life. Um, this is uh, half of the thirteen thirty three channel. The thirty three is the channel of retreat. So, um, sorry, it's the gate of retreat where we want to uh, sit with the the experiences that we've had in life, because the most important parts of any experiences that we have in life are always the the memories that we have afterwards. When we go through something and we're rushing through and we're not really you know absorbing what we've done like feeling what it feels like um tasting what it what it what it tastes like smelling what it smells like you know all those 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 things that those senses that we pull in and then we have this very rich experience and we have this very rich memory afterwards so you have this memory of this trip that you went on and it was you know maybe you went to some exotic location and maybe you saw some beautiful fish there and they they impacted you and you could sit with that energy so this is basically the channel where we sit with the energy of what has happened in our lives and we decide you know what what is important from this and what is going to go sort of in my memory bank this is also a historical energy that can can bring history into the world um this is where we you know we find history and we write history and it is really uh, i love i love this energy in that we we look at it as a transformative energy because every story that we hear and experience in our life can be sometimes used to assist other people's other people in their lives and that we can tell them a story you know when I did this this and this this is what happened and it can be impactful for somebody who is going through something similar to maybe some a story that you've heard or or a story that you've experienced yourself and it can transform them and it can show them that they have a path forward where they can transform into something um, different than what they think they can. And that, you know, it is the whole channel of the 1333 is the prodigal where the, 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 the story is that the son went out and he, he found uh, like he was meant to be with the family, but instead of being with the family and sort of taking care of the family business, he, he took off and he just, you know, traveled the world and saw these, all these different things. And he came back home and he told his family, you know, this was amazing. This is what I, and so they had all these experiences that he had had, you know, they learned about it. And his brother who had stayed home was angry because he said, you know, this guy just took off and did his own thing. And how come he's being revered as somebody amazing? And they said, well, he's giving us a gift of, of his experience. And, and that's what he did. He gave the gift of experience because that is a gift we get every day. I mean, you open YouTube, there's never been a time in history when it has been so experiences of everybody is so accessible. I mean, you can, I mean, as crazy it was as it was, I was watching a video of somebody feeding a little baby bird, you know, like the other day, like, you know, growing baby birds. And you can, you can see people doing all these amazing things that you will never probably be able to experience yourself, but through them you're experiencing. And, and I think this is the whole energy of the gate 13. And the other thing that the last thing I'll, I'll mention is this idea that for me, secrets have been always a big thing. The gate 13 is a gate of the keeper of the secrets. And it can also be this idea of secrets just come into you. And they're the secrets that you need 
to gather the experience that you need in your life. So they're the secrets that that can inspire you to to go out and experience new experiences. You know what I mean? So it will it, it's almost like a catalyst for you to move into life to do um, something that is important for your experience in life. So you get the right secret for you, which is kind of cool. Mm, I love people who have the 13 because I feel like they're such attentive listeners. At least <laughs> that's what they seem like. <laughs> And it, yeah. it really, they kind of pull even the information out of you. And you're sometimes like telling them things. You're like, why did I just tell this person this kind of like very intimate detail? Like, I don't even know how this got out of me. <laughs> I would not tell this any other person, but the people with the 13 have this energy that you feel, yes, you can tell them this, the keeper of the secret, right? And it feels very relieving somehow talking with them. So it's really maybe also the, the gate of the, th the therapist in a way you know the people who really keep all the yes, secrets from yes. someone so I feel like this could be like an ideal job for someone <laughs> who has the 13 um and yeah it, it, it's very open people that yeah but important as well I feel if you have the 13 is really to set boundaries because otherwise all kind of people just come in and overflow you with inappropriate information maybe or too much information that you might not want to hear so it's really important yes. to only let the people in your field that you want to take in this information at least that's how I perceive it yeah it, it can definitely happen we're yeah well people will will definitely give you everything and and I and I think that sometimes it can be overwhelming I, I can't say I've ever felt totally overwhelmed but yeah but there, there have been things that have been secrets that have been real revealed to me that I, I say I didn't want it's like I don't want to know that <laughs> so mm -hmm. definitely yes that experience has been there <laughs> yeah maybe I continue with the uh, gate 10 as I yeah. am the owner of this gate as well of this energy and for me it's again connected to the throat with the 10 20 so I know it in this kind of combination and the 10 is all about self-love and authenticity or awakening to the self and in my observation it's really interesting people with the 10 have had in their past especially a lot of struggles with their self-love or with also um, accepting themselves but I feel like it's the, all these things happen in order for you to look deeper into there and really discover this self-love or awaken to yourself so what I see very commonly is eating disorders body dysmorphia um, or any other sort of um, issues with the self which really lead you to accepting yourself or lead you to healing in that sense and Once people have awakened this, they're really, um, I would say there's, it's, it has a very spiritual component to it as well, especially in the connection 1020, obviously, because it's the awakening, um, personal development, um, spirituality, um, and expressing in that way as well. So for me, this is obviously, as I'm doing this podcast and this work, a big part of my life and always a massive um, focus point of interest for me that I want to do the work of personal development or I have had a lot of experience which brought me to my spiritual awakening and even before knowing human design I had another podcast which was actually called pure happy healthy and this word pure just resonated so much with me I wanted to be like so purely me and purely authentic and this is what I really started to feel more and more from the point that I had started to overcome my personal struggles actually with self-worth 
And this word pure still is so present to me. And I, I love to say it because it feels so me now and it, it feels so authentic to me and it's it, I connected very much with this um this gate 10 actually because it's really the purest form of yourself this very natural form this um very authentic um version of yourself which is so vulnerable again because it's also connected directly to the throat so if people would want to hurt you in your naturalness it hits you again directly in this pure authentic form so i see the potential of people drawing back with that or or being afraid and showing themselves in this authenticity but i think the biggest gift here is really to unapologetically be you and and show yourself in the most raw most natural form and therefore have so much self love and have also spiritual awakening is there anything that you would like to add well, it's very beautifully said. I, I, it's very inspiring. Um, you know, the one thing is, is that because your your energy has has shifted so dramatically um, to a place of empowerment, uh, that's the beauty of the gate ten. Is it 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 emanates this energy around you. So those who are in your aura feel that energy. They feel that sense of empowerment, and that is why this energy of the gate ten is so important to get it right. To, to, to have this empowerment of the self, because when you do, the amount of energetic um, uplifting you could bring to, to the world or, or to just a small area is, is pretty amazing. And I think that that is, if there's, if there's a gift that you can give yourself that can keep giving to the world around you, it's to give that gift of the empowerment of the gate 10. So, so absolutely completely um, align with uh, everything that you said. And I'm glad that you have found that place of beauty because it only gets um, it, it's only a giving and giving and giving kind of energy. The more you give to yourself on that one. That's the cool thing about the gate 10 is like, you don't even have to intentionally go out and say, I'm going to empower people you know, by you being empowered, you are just going around and your energy is just bringing people up and you have to do nothing other than just be your authentic self and love who you are. And that, I, and that's not just because I know that's, that's a big journey for a lot of us. Um, but having said that it is a, um, it is a wonderful gift to give to the world, but that's, that's all I had to add. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to share a few words on the seven gate seven? The gate seven, we get into logical collective energy. And this is all about patterns. This is the voice of leadership. So if we look at the 731 channel, this is uh, the voice of, of leadership would be the gate 31. And then the gate seven is a supportive voice. Uh, so this is would be, for instance, the, um, the power behind the throne. So we have the voice who's out there doing, you know, uh, showing people leading uh, democratic leadership kind of style. And then we have the gate seven, which is uh, it's called the army. And in the army is supporting the leader. The army has to pick the right leader too, because if they pick the wrong leader, then their voice isn't being heard accordingly. So that's why the, the gate seven needs to make sure that when they're in a leadership position, that they are aligning with the right leadership position for them. And the nice thing about the, the, the interesting thing about the gate seven and the gate 31 as, you know, as a dynamic is that they switch back 
back and forth. It's very easy. Like we always have harmonics or the opposite energy for all the gates. But with the gate seven, when you have a gate, a hanging gate, you can still take that leadership voice of leadership if you want, or you can decide to be behind the, the leadership as well. So there's, it can go back and forth because I find these energies align so easily and they're so fluid between them that it's very easy to be the front or it's very easy to be behind, but there's always, always some level of leadership and this is a leadership that is very un, uh, different than, for instance, um, the leadership of the, the uh, 2145, that sort of uh, tribal leadership where it's like you walk into a room, people say, oh, this person is our leader. It's like there nobody votes it. It's just that energy, that aura. This energy is like somebody who's working with the people um, along the way, toiling with the people, understanding what the people want and sort of moving into the energy of, yes, let's get what these people need and we will, we will be the voice that you need. And, you know, there is, of course, it's logical energy. So there is always going to be a little more criticism with this energy that's potential because it is a pattern. It is about, you know, get it right or don't do it at all. So there's always that level of a bit of criticism with this type of leadership as well. But it's something where you're moving up the ladder of life to really understand all the jobs of all the people that you are sort of supporting and, 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 um, and speaking for, we could say. So I would continue with the 25 as I also have this gate defined and maybe speak a little bit out of my experience. So it's all about naturalness and innocence and in also very connected to the belief that there is something greater than you. So maybe you want to call it love of love of God or source or whatever or universe and It really took me a while to discover this energy also because I have it um, unconscious, but um, it, the other opposite of the, the opposite gate is the gate of shock actually. So this energy, I feel like needs sometimes very shocking experiences in order to discover itself. And if I look back on my life, I had quite a few very horrifying or, or very shocking experiences in my life, but it's really the task of this specific gate to not stop believing and and therefore because you had this shock discovering that you're not just out here for nothing but that everything has a greater purpose and that you are divinely guided and and that you can despite everything that happens and and is a shock open your heart again and literally open your heart again as it's even connected to the to the heart center And, and even because, or especially because of that trust and belief that there is some sort of purpose behind even these shocking experiences and encounter this really also with, a, with this innocence that uh, the name of the gate is as well. And uh, the more I step into this energy, the more I really feel that th this is this pureness maybe again, or this naturalness really reflect itself also in, in the 25, as I see myself as someone really kind of like in an innocent way, discovering life and, and coming towards new people in, in a very innocent way or exploring life in a very innocent way, which feels very um, beautiful to me um, 
to to see the world with with these kind of maybe even naive eyes i would say um and sometimes that also means that i need to close my eyes in front of certain things maybe um not watching the news or something because i feel that this would must sometimes be too painful and take this innocence from me so i really need to sh sometimes shelter this energy as well but i really think it's it's about trusting that you can open your heart again and again and again for keeping this innocence for yourself um and unfortunately i see a lot of people resonating a lot with this energy because it can be so incredibly painful if you have a shock and then gaining back this trust that that it's okay to to surrender and to trust again so that's in in my personal experience how um how yeah i, I would describe this energy yeah Yeah, I completely um, align with all of that. And, uh, you know, and, and because you have a hanging gate, you know, 25, that means you are going to be having the electromagnetic, like there's always that energy that's pulling those, that connection to you. So the, the 51, the shock, I mean, the, the, the little catchphrase is beauty and the beast, you know, the beast of the 51 and the beauty is, is the gate 25, but they find a harmony within, you know, their relationship. And, and that's, that's where this energy goes. It, it is finding that harmony between those shocking experiencing experiences that shift you completely and your trajectory, but also looking at it through, as you say, the innocence and not getting that jaded perspective. Oh, life is horrible, horrible, or this is always going to be, you know, which can happen when we are not looking at every experience that we have in our life and wondering, well, what does that give me? Why, what did I learn from that? How resilient was I, which it means you got through it means you were resilient, you were strong, you were able to cope with what what the, you know, the universe set your way. And how can I go forward in my life? How will my life go forward? And how will it shift my life, you know, immeasurably? It's those moments in your life where it's like a before and an after, where before this was this way, and then after it was this way. And that is really the energy of the gate 25 and the gate 51, the full channel. And, and um, it is this innocence of living life, um, unaware of what you're doing, just living life being, you know, giving and doing and, and, um, you know, this motivelessness uh, of, of being, and just being innocent in this idea that I'm just living my life, I'm not doing this to show anybody on Instagram, or, or, you know, uh, I'm not doing it for uh, props, I'm doing it because this is just who I am. And that that's ex the fullest expression of the gate 25, universal love, And it is a beautiful energy, it can be very beautiful. Mm. And when I heard that, that's the only gate that a stone has activated. I thought it was so beautiful that all the stones are actually have an identity and are innocent. And it makes so much sense, right? And <laughs> when, I was, when I was a child, I always believed that stones have life. I mean, I, I didn't know, know the word identity back then, but like for me, I was like, oh, I got stones. They somehow have a life. And I was somehow very connected to stones. And now I see that probably this kind of energy, the 25 somehow resonated with me. <laughs> that I had this kind of relationship to, to stones and crystals. And um, yes, yeah, so it was mind-blowing finding out about this but that's actually cool uh, quite amazing mm -hmm. what i heard as well is from someone with the with the 51 hanging gate 
that they were magically drawn to towards crystals and they always carry crystals on their neck. So it makes them feel really good. And I, I mean, it makes so much sense, right? Because it connects your energy. So very, very yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. Next level. Cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is very cool. Mm -hmm. So we do have a transit in the 46 right now. So this is very interesting as well. Do you want to speak a little bit on the 46? We say the gate 46 is the love of the flesh. This vassal that we were given, this is the, the, this is what we have. We come into this world and we have a body and it takes us everywhere we want to go. And it is unique to us. And if we don't have a body, we don't have life. There is no such thing as, as life without a body. And yet a lot of times we have this um, hatred of our bodies and this, uh, you know, I don't look as good as that person, or this doesn't look as, you know, like it should be. And, and I think with the rise in social media, that's become even more of a theme where people are looking at themselves and saying, this is not a, a beautiful body. Um, but what this says is that this body is a gift and it is the gift that we have of life. And without this body, we don't have life. You know, the gate 46 is half of the channel of the 2946 and this is a tantric channel and tantric in this case means um, an up-leveling of the energy. So it brings the energy up an octave, we could say, where it it is one level and then we take it to a higher level of energy. Um, so that's what this energy is supposed to do. It's supposed to, you know, increase the, the, um, the energetic level in, in a positive way, we could say. It is also uh, an energy of very passionate energy where we um, are, uh, we can find a deep passion in something that we love to do. This is the, the, the channel of, um, what is it? Uh, you know, the specialist basically, you know, where you're a specialist in certain ways where you can do things that other people can't do, but the more, you know, you could say even a more common job may be something that you struggle with, which is interesting because you're really meant to be a specialist. You also can be in a in a uh, job that you make it look so easy that everybody thinks it's so easy, and then they try and do it and they can't they can't do it as well as you. So there's also this energy of luck within it, and there is this um, connection of uh, you know passionate energy saying yes to the right things. And if you do say yes to the right things, you'll be in the right place at the right time to get the right opportunities for you. And. You wrote such a beautiful, I would even say poem about um, all the gates of love. So to wrap this up, would you like to, to share this with us? So this is called the story of love. Uh, and it's called, it's called the cross of the vessel of love, which is an incarnation cross. And it has all the four gates of love within it. Um, but this is, it, it, it connects to all the energy of those four gates. So if we begin with a vessel, we can see that any vessel or container that exists always has an outer part that meets the world. This is the exterior, the gate 15, or the aura that we have. And this is where we are penetrated by everyone who we connect with in the world. This is the love of humanity. Within the wall and the inside of the vessel, there is what we might consider a hidden wall because we can't see it unless we investigate the vessel. This inner wall contains or holds the contents of the vessel. This is called the gate 46. This is the flesh or the body. This is where we connect to the Maya or the manifest world. This is the love of the body. Within the vessel is what might be called the blood of being human, of being ourselves. This is the gate 25, universal love in our spirit. So we can see that the vessel combines all the parts of love, the love of humanity, love of body, and the love of spirit. And yet there is one more component that is very important. That last component is a place where we can pour our love into the world. The lip of this vessel, 
This is the gate 10 where love pours out into the world. The gate 10 is the way. Here too is a potential to love the self where our love can spread to others just by being our authentic selves. Mm, and thank that you is so the- much for sharing. That's very, very beautiful. So I would say there's nothing more to add to that. And it's super beautiful, this poem. Thank you. So yeah, thank you also for being here and sharing and jamming with me (laughs) on the Identity Center. And yeah, thank you for your work. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. I'm so happy that you stay till the end of this podcast and I would love for you to share this podcast with someone who could really benefit from it and also would be so happy if you would leave me a five-star review on Apple that helps that more people can find this valuable information. If you want to get an individual reading done, which can help you so much understand yourself better, please get in touch through my website or through Instagram. Bye for now.